Welcome to The Light Within, a podcast for anyone seeking to rewrite their life, live in their light, and align with their soul's highest purpose. I'm Leslie Draffin. I'm a certified menstrual cycle coach and feminine embodiment mentor, and I'm on a mission to break taboos around periods and sex while exploring all things spirituality, mysticism, and empowerment. Join me as I interview other coaches, teachers, healers, and thought leaders about all the ways we can feel more tuned in, turned on, and lit up AF. If you're on a journey towards self-discovery, you've come to the right place. This is The Light Within. Hello, beautiful beings, and thank you so much for joining me for this episode of The Light Within. I am so excited for today's guest. Tiffany Calhoun is a quantum healer, a certified somatic breathwork coach, and soul alignment coach. And get this, her clients call her the high priestess of soul transformation. So of course, I am fucking jazzed to have her here on the show. We are going to talk all about why somatic healing is more powerful than mindset coaching and how we can bust through our blocks to cultivate more self-love and self-confidence. So please join me in welcoming Tiffany to the Light Within podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. Oh, thanks so much for having me. That's such a lovely introduction. Thank you. (laughs) Well, I am so jazzed to have this conversation. The first question I ask all of my guests is what ignites your light within? Yeah, this is such a great question. And I feel like as we evolve as humans, this has changed for me as well. And, you know, before my my spiritual awakening, I probably would have said, oh, just travel with friends and family, right? But um, now I'm really uncovering those the deeper work. Um, and that showed me that I'm actually most lit up when I'm curating experiences for my community, whether it be my family, my friends, my soul tribe, um, where we can come together and come back into harmony and activate our own light within and really find our way back to our highest expression and most freest expression of ourselves. So mm. that lights me up. <laughs> I love it. And so let's talk a little bit about your work because there's like four different coaching certs attached to you. I mean, you have just done so much work. What is it that you bring into the world and how would you introduce yourself? Yeah, I think part of that problem lies in the fact that the archetype quizzes I I take (laughs) always say I'm a sage and I'm like, well, I need to add wisdom. wisdom, (laughs) So here I am just adding it all on. Um, Yeah. So the work that I do is really unique. Um, I have been, I have 20 years experience in healthcare, Mm. um, diving deep into the drivers of what causes disease. And I really pivoted when I had my spiritual awakening. So with a background centered in science and healthcare, um, data analytics, uh, for one of like the largest healthcare companies in America, Mm. I really started to see the disconnect in the community. And as a reflector in human design, I don't know if you're familiar with human design at all, but we are like the litmus test. We're the canary in the coal mine, so to Ah. speak, for like the wellness and the alignment of the community. And like everything inside my beingness was like, alert, alert. Mm. (laughs) People are not well. Things are not well. Things are out of alignment. We're so far from our truth and our highest expression. Um, And I had my spiritual awakening, which is a wild story. If we have time to get into that. Yes, we do. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, And after that, I really just pivoted. Um, I, I needed I needed to drop in more and understand what my soul truth was and where I was, you know, what my purpose was. That was that became like a really big thing for me after my spiritual awakening. I always had felt like I'm here for more. There's more to what I'm doing, but like when is my time? And you know, I really bought into a lot of the programming of um, 
you know, I'm like post, I'm post Gen X, but pre-millennial, you have to go to the right college. You have to have certain careers. You have to make over like 75,000 is like the, the amount to make in order to be happy. Like I bought into all that. Um, and when I had my awakening, I woke up one day, I was like, I'm, I have the two kids, I have the husband, I have the home, I have the successful career, but like th- none of this is fulfilling for me. So I ended up um, going on this really, really inward journey and aligning with the Akashic Records. I don't know if you're familiar with those. <clears throat> Basically changed my life help me gain more self-awareness and self-confidence in who I am as like a soul mm-hmm. and why I'm here. And then I became Reiki master trained. Um, I got advanced Akashic practitioner training. I went and I found so, um, somatic breath work as a tool for my own personal healing. And that I think was, was the, like the precipice of the, of the real change for me was being able to, first off, like a somatic healing like that takes all the memory that you've ever been storing in your body as traumas and triggers and limiting beliefs. And I was big in self-sabotaging limiting beliefs and all of that just like left me. And I was like, oh, this is amazing. I have to learn how this works. So add it to my toolkit. <laughs> and here we are. <laughs> and so let's talk about the spiritual awakening then, because it sounds like that was such a massive shift. I know mine certainly was when I had mine in 2019. When did yours happen and what did it look like? Yeah. Um, you know, there's, you can probably say there's pretty, pretty much different phases of like awakening and awareness that went on. So all of that kind of began in like 2011, 2012. Um, and I became really aligned to like my purpose of, of, like corruption really is, is what all of my career path has been focused on is like finding the corruption. Mm. (laughs) I work in healthcare, obviously. And, um, and yeah, so then when, when the pandemic hit and I was in the data analytics, you know, seeing what was happening in real time in the data, I was, I was having a, a huge dissonance in my knowledge and what, what I was seeing in the world and what I was hearing on TV and I was like, something is not right. This is mm. something is really amiss with this. And I had a huge period of like anxiety, <laughs> shedding friends left and right. Mm. Um, I was like, what is, what is this trying to do? Like, what am, what am, what is next for me? And my friend, she had hosted multiple retreats on Mount Shasta, and I was like, mm. always in my purview on Instagram. I always said, oh, I'm gonna go one year. I'm gonna go one year. And 2021 was like the year that I decided to go. And once I, you know, put my down payment and said, yes, it's just like everything aligned for me, Um, you know, like the world came together, so to speak. Um, So I went on this retreat and I think coming from the scientific background that I do, um, I'm a realist. My husband's always like, why are you like that? I'm I'm a realist. I'm pragmatist. Um, I need scientific proof. I need evidence to believe something. Um, And really... The first day of the retreat, half the group split to go to the headwaters. I don't know if you're familiar with Mount Shasta. It's mm. like this magical place where the Sacramento River comes out of Mount Shasta for the first time in 17 years. It's like the filtration comes right out. It's like the very first start of the Sacramento River. So people go and they fill their waters and they say blessings and they ask for like, you know, all their intentions for their time at Mount Shasta because it's super spiritual and, and an amazing place. And we, a group of us decided to stay on the property. We went up to meditate on the hillside 
And as soon as we sat down, like this energy came over my body and they had to lay me down. I was not present. <laughs> it was like healing quantum timelines. Um, like energy was coming out of my body. It was just like, I was seeing everything. I was part of everything. Mm. I was witnessing everything. And, and I was no longer like in my body. It was completely surreal out of body experience. I come to find out later that the whole thing was like 30 minutes of me just completely disconnected from my, you know, body. I sit up and then like the energy just flowed through every person in the group. And I was able to see what they were experiencing in their vision. As we went through this like meditation, I was like part of their journey as well. I was witnessing it all. And it was just so wild. I came home and I was trying to make sense of it. I was like, what, what even happened to me there? You know, through like the learnings and all the processing of that, um, you know, I, I did discover that it was like my spontaneous Kundalini awakening. Mm. And, I, and I find it so funny because like my my higher self was like, okay, you've done enough. Now we're taking the wheel. And like there was a sudden shift. I'm like, how can I be of service to humanity and the collective? And that's really like what birthed <laughs> all of all of this growth. Wow. I mean, honestly, it's one of those things where you you describe it and it feels like it could have been terrifying, but also like the most beautiful experience ever. <laughs> it was so beautiful. And I can go back to that energy at any point. Like, mm. like anytime I talk about it or think about it, right back. It's mm. It's really magical. That's amazing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, let's talk a little bit about somatic healing. Mm-hmm. Um, I use some somatic techniques in my coaching practice as well, but I would love for you to talk about, you know, what you see somatic healing as being and why you believe it's so powerful. Yeah. Somatic healing really ascribes to the belief that, um, your feelings and the situations that happen to you in your life impact you on the physical form. They're not just mental traumas, right? Um, So somatic healing techniques use the mind and body exercises to release these um, pent up, these stored traumas, whether they be big T traumas, like, you know, catastrophic accidents or abuse or whatever, or little T traumas, like, you know, mean girl syndrome or something Mm -hmm. along those lines, anything that caused you to dim your light as a child or teen. Um, So they free these from the mind and the body. And by releasing these bodily sensations, um, a trauma-informed healer is able to help you work towards a healing of that trauma from the inside out. Mm. So I really live by the thought that the issues are in the tissues and we have to feel to heal them. Um, so it's much deeper than mindset work alone or energetic work alone because we're releasing these memories from the body. And as you know, the body keeps score. <laughs> so for example, for any of your um, listeners here who who are really tracking along and wondering, what am I talking about? Let's say you get hit in the face playing soccer as a kid. It's a really fun day. You're outside playing with your friends. You get whacked in the face, nosebleed, big, big issues. Mm-hmm. Um, the next time you're playing soccer, or the next time you're playing with a ball, you flinch. Yeah. You know, when the ball comes near your face, you flinch. Okay, that is your body's response to the trauma that it encountered prior, protecting you Mm -hmm. from the next event, right? Well, let's say over time, you've built this program, this confirmation bias of every time something comes at your face, you flinch. Well, now it's becoming catastrophic to your health because you just saw a light out the corner of your eye while you're driving at 55 miles per hour and you flinch and you Mm -hmm. react and you hold that contraction in your body and now it's dangerous. Well, you can apply that to anything. You can apply that to 
any bullying situation you had as a child, anytime you were told you weren't good enough and you contracted in your body, Mm -hmm. you stored that. And over time, your conscious bias has reinforced it that you needed to protect yourself from that. And you built these walls, you built these protection mechanisms. So that's really what we're, what we're releasing with somatic healing. And it's funny because when you talk about it like that, it seems like, oh, well, duh, (laughs) you know, but Mm -hmm. it's also one of those things where I think people hear about somatic healing and maybe they are a little, like, maybe they think it's a little woo woo, or maybe they think it's a little bit like, you know, just bullshit. But (laughs) I also, when I talk to my clients about it, I always take it back to animals. Cause like you see animals do this all the time. My dog, I've, this dog has like not ever been abused by my hands and I've had him since he was a puppy, but like there are certain moves that if you move too quickly around him, he'll, he'll flinch. And it's like, okay. And yes, I've seen him like get taken out by other dogs at the dog park and get run over and stuff like that. And he's a Dane. So like he's a massive dog getting run over, but like, he's just, you know, he'll do like the flinch thing. So it's clearly like in our, you know, it's in our body, like our, our body, animal bodies, just as far as like the physical form. Um, And so how do those things, you kind of already touched on this with your example, but how can some of those things really hold us back when it comes to wanting to cultivate more self-compassion or self-love or on the flip side, like building a business? Yeah. Um, Yeah. So as we go through this cycle of confirmation bias, just anchoring this program into our subconscious mind, these reactions become less conscious and we become, you know, like you said, the flinch, whether it's physical flinch or an emotional flinch or an energetic flinch, whatever, however you want to describe it. Mm-hmm. Anytime that you're like contracting in your beingness um, is a program that you've written to protect yourself, essentially. So that's the heart of the work that I do. Um, so when we identify these deep programs and we're able to clear these triggers, these traumas, these beliefs from your body and your subconscious mind through consciously observing the program from the beginning, that moment that it began in your life, um, observing the lessons that came out of that and making peace with it. And you hear these words all the time. Making peace with it is like inner child healing, Mm -hmm. reparenting, all of these like guru terms that are flying around right now, but it's essentially what you're doing um, and trauma resolution. And then you're replacing that program. And this is where what I do is a little bit different. I replace that program with a resolution or a reprogram. Mm. So when you're in this deep theta state of um, basically where this work is being done, you're not doing this consciously, you're going through a deep breathwork practice and you're getting in this alpha theta brainwave state. And then I'm able to tell your subconscious mind what you should reframe this as Mm -hmm. in a loving and supportive container. Um, And by doing this, you're able to free up the capacity to welcome in a regulated nervous system, more peace, more abundance in all areas, including, you know, the self-love, the self-acceptance. And that's really what drives your limitless potential. So Mm -hmm. when you increase your self-love, the universe operates on the energy of love, right? You can't just say, oh, give me a million dollars. You have to be in a loving resolution and loving vibration when you want to manifest something like that. And when you talk about manifesting things into your life, into your business, there's going to be a disconnect if you have a program that lets you get so far and then you do that flinch again, Mm -hmm. right? Like that (laughs) self-sabotage. You're so close to your goal and then you, you know, go back to the way things have always been because your ego wants you to keep safe. Your ego doesn't want you out of your comfort zone. It's spent the time to build these 
these protective mechanisms to keep you alive. Mm. <laughs> and it thinks that you're doing the exact opposite of that. Mm. And so I love that it's the breath work that helps you get people into the theta state because I've been in super deep meditation before. Whenever I microdose, um, I'm also often able to like get incredibly deep into meditations and also get into that state. But why is breath work specifically so influential in getting us to that like theta brainwave? Yeah. So you have your whole nervous system, which regulates everything from, you know, me moving my hand to the digestive juices in my, in my intestinal tract. And there's parts of it that you can control and there's parts of it you can't control. So you have your autonomic nervous system, which is made up of your parasympathetic and your um, sympathetic nervous system. Your autonomic nervous system regulates everything in your body um, that's like a function of being alive, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah. So if you think about your ability to blink and your ability to digest your food and your ability to um, have like a, we'll call it like arousal state, like whether you're like alert or whether you're, you know, fighting or flighting or whatever. The only part of your autonomic nervous system that we have control over is our respiration. Mm. So it's the only part that we can go in and consciously affect that can change the state of our um, response. So we have our parasympathetic, which is our rest and digest, and we have our autonom or sorry, our sympathetic, which is our fight and flight. And so if you think about how many times you breathe in a minute, and I've counted this on my clients before when they're not paying attention, I'm watching their respiratory state. Most people breathe between 18 and 25 breaths per minute. Mm. And if you think about that, that's like a three second breath. Mm-hmm. Um, it's telling your body basically to produce hormones adrenaline because you are in a state of high arousal and you know when you when you are in that state you can't focus on healing mm-hmm. you can't open yourself up to a different mindset because you're in the state of protection right so when we can uh, affect when we can go in and adjust our respiratory breathing and make it a little bit mm, slower we can downregulate our nervous system. So I have a couple of different breathing techniques that I can do to downregulate your nervous system, put you into rest and digest. But what I do during my breath work is actually I stimulate that fight or flight to force the ego out. Mm. It does this, it's called pre, it's shutting down the prefrontal cortex. It gets the monkey mind out of the way. And it takes about 25 minutes to get into that state with a rapid pace of breathing. Um, it's, you know, you've heard holotropic, you've yeah. heard euphoric, diaphragmatic, all of those types. If you do it for long enough, you can get into this state. Um, and basically your prefrontal cor- cortex moves out, <laughs> your monkey mind moves out, your ego moves out. And at about 25 minutes in, I'm able to start to shift the way that I'm talking to you mm-hmm. and start to introduce different concepts to your subconscious mind. And then after about 55 minutes of active breathing, I know it sounds really long, your, your lungs are producing DMT, which, you know, is the same hallucinogenic property that a lot of plant medicine has. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you are in this altered state of really deep hypnosis and really deep meditation that's assisted by DMT. You're going on an amazing journey. A lot of people have out-of-body experiences during this. They meet I don't know if your listeners are aware, but like they meet their like angelic guides, they meet their ascended masters, they meet family that has crossed over. Really intense healings happen in this state. And all the while, I am feeding your subconscious mind like 
all of these amazing affirmations of truth mm-hmm. um, to offset the programming that we identified earlier on in the session. Um, so I've seen people, my clients heal 40, 50, 60 year old traumas mm-hmm. um, of rape, abuse, of watching a loved one die really traumatically. Um, so even people who say like, I don't have childhood trauma, you can experience healing and clarity because you've had these little T traumas, um, like the ball story that I, that I told earlier. Yeah. Well, I love that you're talking about this too, because I was just doing some research and like you said, um, the way your body experiences some of this holotropic breath work and some of this somatic breath work is exactly like what you said. It's, is exactly like some of the psychedelic experiences that you can have. And some of the, you know, the first experts in the first wave of psychedelic research actually like created this type of breath works mm-hmm. when the government made psychedelics illegal. So it's so fascinating that yes, it gets to those same things. Um, so let's talk a little bit about uncovering some of these triggers because some people may be listening to this and be like, I know exactly what my trigger is. I know exactly what this core wound is because maybe they've already been in talk therapy or they've already started to do the work. And I myself have been in this place as well, where it's like, I know what the fuck is triggering me, but I don't know what to do next. Mm -hmm. So how, how first would you suggest people start to uncover those triggers if they're not exactly sure what they are or where they came from? Yeah. Um, so when it comes to uncovering your triggers, if you've been doing the work and you have identified some of these, you know, core core beliefs and core systems that are going and programming you into these uh, self sabotage and limiting behaviors, um, I would say like keep going with that. Try different modalities to help you shake them out of your body. When you um, when you go into somatic healing, what we do is we go into an observer mode. So I create a container. All of my containers are infused with Reiki. Um, I'm using Akashic healing. Um, so it's a, it's a really fortified container to help you feel safe energetically. And, you know, everything is built on love. And basically what you're going to be doing is you're going back to that core memory as an observer. You're going back as your older self, like let's say your 40-year-old self going back to your six-year-old self and you're observing it. From a safe standpoint, you're letting your inner child know that you're safe. You're putting the words into her mouth that she didn't have then. You're reparenting her, right? And then you shift it to what is the lesson here? The lesson is, you know, whatever whatever the trauma was. Let's, let's say that, you know, your mom was not supportive of you growing up. She was a narcissist. I don't know. You have to go back. You have to heal all of that um, reparenting trauma, that inner child healing. But it happens instantaneously when you're in the state of brainwave state being held by unconditional love from your higher self with all your guides present. Mm-hmm. It's really insane how fast you can clear something that's like so far back in your past. But then once you become aware of it and you bring it into your conscious awareness after the session, you know, you're journaling, you're like, okay, this happened. Now you have the ability that every time your mom in real life says to you something that's super narcissistic or self-centered, you are aware of that. And you know, it's a projection of her out. It's not anything about you. Mm -hmm. You're able to love yourself the way that you need to be loved in that moment. You're able to reframe that and you're able to respond from a place of love Mm -hmm. instead of how you've always responded by like contracting and with anger and all of those lower vibrational frequencies. So when we can start to shift these behaviors, um, that's when you start to see like the healing occur. Mm -hmm. The awareness moves into 
behavior shifting. And that is when you start to open up new lanes. You start to open up new timelines. And do you ever see people fall back after they've gone through these incredible healing experiences with you when it, cause it feels like getting to the point where you're having to integrate and implement all the wisdom. I mean, that for me has always been the toughest, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, healing is like an onion, right? Where every time we go in, we're going to peel back a new layer. Um, I do longer containers. I have a um, one-on-one guided coaching where I'm with you, you know, doing different energy healings with you for five weeks. I, I'm also opening up that as a group container too, as well in, in April, which is exciting. Um, but basically the more you do this, the deeper you're going to go. And I mean, I guess technically you could get to that initial separation wound that they say all souls suffer from um, mm-hmm. if you keep doing it, but there's really no limit on how often and how much you can heal because the most wild <laughs> things come out of this. You basically go from thinking that you know, whatever's holding you back is surface level to discovering that it's ancestral and it's like deeply ancestral, right? Um, I haven't seen any of my clients fall back completely, but I have seen them fall off track of having a routine and a ritual where they're like doing their meditations, doing their journaling. Mm -hmm. And they'll ping me one day and I'll help them with a quick reframe. And they're like, you're right. Actually, yes, I do need to do X, Y, and Z. And I need to get this back on track because that was a projection. That wasn't me, whatever it is. So I would say like the the deeper you are in your practice of self-care, whether it be meditative, prayer, whatever, um, you're not going to see any fallback. If you're just like a, you know, oh, this sounds like a really cool thing to do this Saturday. (laughs) You have no interest in making any resolute changes in your life. Then yeah, you might struggle a little bit, but um, just honoring the fact that you hold the power to heal yourself. I'm really, I'm not big on gatekeeping (laughs) or like keeping the healing away from you. It's all innate. It's all guided through our intuition. Mm, I love that. And I also think it's important too to talk a little bit about the resistance that can sometimes come up when we're doing the deep healing. Um, because right, like as we peel back the onion, as we're in the spiral of healing, as I usually say, since it's not linear, there can often sometimes be like resistance to the idea of doing a meditation. Like I know it's going to make me feel better, but like something about it makes me not want to do it. Do you ever find that happens with clients or with yourself? Oh yeah. And that's, you know, that's programming. Um, that's, you know, the patriarchal programming telling you that whether it's like time or, or whatever it is, attention on yourself, like that's all programming. And and you can clear that through again, (laughs) meditation and somatic healing. So, um, yeah, you just, I feel, I feel like all of our excuses are rooted in deep, deep programs that we, you know, brought into our beingness between the ages of zero and seven, to fit in with our familiar structures. And I know that's where a lot of my healing is. It's, you know, when I talk about like my chart, I have Saturn and Scorpio in the fourth house. So I'm like diving deep on transforming the patriarchal structures governing family in this mm. lifetime. <laughs> yeah. Parenting, all of that. <laughs> Not, yeah. A lot. And so let's talk a little bit. You said it's usually things that happen from zero to seven or one to seven. I have been uncovering in myself trauma that was created in me in the womb. So I have like a, and I've talked about this some on the podcast before, but the gist of it is 
I was adopted. My birth mother didn't find out she was pregnant until she was about six to six and a half months along, and she was 12 at the time. So she had had a bunch of trauma in her own past. And then when she did find out she was pregnant, she was basically kicked out of her home. Um, And so she had to go live with strangers. Now it ended up being that she was put into kind of like a foster type situation where I was eventually adopted, but like she still had to be with strangers. And so I, for my entire life have had this like deep fear of definitely scarcity, definitely things falling apart. Definitely. Like I used to have these fears as like a, like a five-year-old kid that my dad would die. And like, we would just be like destitute. And I, in my conscious lived experience, like there's not really anything to like show me that this is what I should have been thinking. And so I finally understood like a year or two ago, oh shit, it could be like in utero trauma. Do you ever deal with this? Is that ancestral to you? Yeah. So there's so many levels of this question. Um, (laughs) Basically from a scientific standpoint, every minute we oxygenate our body and we create a million red blood cells or 2 million red blood cells. And those red blood cells go on to differentiate into different body systems. So the entire pregnancy, whatever vibration your mom was in, um, your birth mother, you know, the cells in her body were creating tissue out of that vibration. So that's number one. (laughs) Number two, when you think about why you incarnated into this situation, there's a soul contract there. There's karmic patterns that need to be broken. You're here to heal that. And you're here to, I mean, you are, you're hosting this podcast. You're talking about healing on a regular basis. That's your voice. You're using that to heal the collective in so many ways. And that's really honoring the lineage that you passed through in order to be present to where you are right now. So that is really dealing with quantum healing and Akashic healing, things along those lines with when we talk about birth contracts and and lifetime contracts. Um, and then when you when you think about like the fear that's in your body as a child, yeah, I mean, you have that separation wound right at the root, which is causing those scarcity and in the like the safety, the security, all of that. Because even at five, did like did you know that you were adopted? Yes. Yeah. I always knew. And so you always wondered why you weren't good enough to stay with your mom. Mm-hmm. You put that on you as a child, because as a child, our brain is wired to be narcissistic to help us survive. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's all the psychological issues that go along with just how our brain develops as a child. The world does revolve around you. You are the creator of your universe as a child and any stimulus that you put out there gets a response. Mm-hmm. That's not the case as an adult. I can go run around my house naked right now and not get a response from anybody. But as a child, somebody's always there and that would get a response, <laughs> right? So <laughs> these are all like confirmation biases that you've then built programs for. So I think that like threefold, does that help you answer that a little bit? No, for sure. And I think that the reason I asked it while I love this little bit of uh, private coaching that I just got is that, you know, if people are listening to this and they, like me, don't see something in their lived conscious experience that may point to this massive fear or trigger that they have, could it have been something that happened before they were born or in their line? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And that's probably why it's so hard to do this work on your own because I know I'm not equipped and people who listen aren't as trained as you are. So it's like, maybe that's one of the reasons why help is so necessary. Yeah. I mean, I can tell you, for example, um, it's really wild. I was doing Reiki on my sister-in-law 
and my mother-in-law is Korean and very bad, very bad lineage. And it was coming up in her root chakra that um, generations back traumas that were affecting the lineage. And basically like you get anointed as like a breaker of chains essentially. And you're carrying that in your soul contract. And that's some really heavy work. And if you choose to keep fighting against that, you're going to have a tough life. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's ways to embrace that. And there's ways to energetically fortify yourself. And there's also like, I don't know if I explained this, but breath work ignites and clears out all of your chakras, all 12 of them. So if you have anything stuck in your energy centers that's preventing you from moving forward or having these blocks, breathwork is a really great tool for that because it does clear them out and it does get you energetically aligned to your next step, to the clarity that you need to move forward. Um, but yeah, working with, well, first off, I want to say this, somatic training, somatic healing is important to have a trauma-informed healer. Mm-hmm. You don't just want to go to somebody who is not certified the work that I do in person for this breath work involves body work. So if you come, I'm in the Philadelphia area. If you come to one of my breath work um, classes uh, or to my house for healing, um, basically I'm doing body work on you to help alleviate some of that tension. I think when, when we start to feel discomfort in our bodies, we like stiffen up and you have to listen to your body as the wisdom keeper and like let it move out and that's my that's my presence as your guide and like creating that container and helping you move through it and helping you release it from your body um but yeah you definitely it's not something that you i mean you can i'm just to say you can't do it on your own it can take a lot longer you know there's facilitators here for a reason we all have access to different pieces of the puzzle too mm-hmm. so even if you've worked with one healer for so long but someone else is like purviewing around you and you're like that sounds really interesting try it what do you have mm-hmm. to lose right yeah everybody has their own unique medicine i like to say and i think yep. that like you said we definitely can do some of this work on our own and i found that with myself and i see it in my clients when i give them homework or i have them you know um talk to me about what's gone on in the week. Like they're definitely doing some of the work on their own, but it's something about either having someone there to hold you and and share that space with you and witness you in these things and push you and Mm -hmm. share with you their unique medicine. That really, I feel like is probably why people call you the high priestess of soul transformation. (laughs) There's a a lot to that, but yeah, I'm also, I'm also a reflector. So I'm here to basically hold the space for your reflection back on what you need to heal the most in that moment. And so mm. like whatever you're projecting onto me, my aura is like, nope, we're not, we're not taking that. That's I'm gonna mirror that right back to you. So I can be insanely triggering for people who are not ready to heal something. <laughs> I was gonna say reflectors freak me the fuck out. Like <laughs> and that's because of my own shit, clearly. <laughs> Perhaps we see it. We, I see you in your highest expression in this now moment. That's what I like to say. And then, you know, all of the work that I'm here to do, like when you look at your chart, your destiny points and all of that, it's all about deep transformation. Like I said, you know, Saturn in in Scorpio in the fourth house, like I am here to go deeper than, I mean, Scorpios can go deeper than any other astrological sign when it comes to dealing with chaos and dealing with all of the transformation, death and rebirth. Um, Yeah, deeper than all that on the family structure. So if you have inner child healing, shadow work, reparenting needs, and you want to just receive a reflection of what you need to heal, I, yeah, I can help with that. So 
I've talked on the show before about inner child healing. I had an amazing guest last season who was just beautiful about all of those things, but we haven't really talked a lot about reparenting. Can we talk a little bit about that? I mean, it's something that I think is a buzzword that people might have heard. Um, also, maybe you've heard mother wound, um, mm-hmm. things like that. So when it comes to reparenting, what does that look like? Yeah. So reparenting is basically giving your inner child the words that they needed in that moment. Um, that they didn't have because, you know, they haven't had the life experience. And it can be as powerful as I like to have my um, whoever's, you know, whoever I'm guiding, whether it be a group or whether it be um, an individual session. I don't do this when I'm in person, but like when I'm online doing the the group healings, um, I like to have you speak it out loud. Okay. You are being manipulated in this moment or they are gaslighting you. You know what I mean? Like saying the words out loud feeling that resonance in your body, feeling where that is and clearing it. Mm-hmm. It's it I don't want to sound I don't want to sound crazy by saying this, but I feel like a lot of people who who do healings, who offer healings, who are teachers, who are guides, make it make everything seem like it's such hard work. It's so unattainable. You have to invest so much time. Mhm. When you're in the right state of mind and when you have the right intentions and when you're in a container that is held with love and support, you can get through anything fast. Like one session, two sessions, like it's not going to be a life's work. There's no reason to keep avoiding it because it's like, oh, I don't want to go down that path. I don't have six months to invest in this. Like, <laughs> you know, I, I I don't understand why people make things harder than they, I, I don't know. I'm a, I'm a six, two reflector. So the two is like a naturalist and like everything just comes really easily. So me, I don't know. (laughs) No, but that's good to hear because I think you're right. I think that sometimes you look at, you know, talk therapy is really the thing that I put a lot of these modalities up against. And yes, talk therapy is very beneficial for so many reasons, but like you look at talk therapy and people are in it for fucking decades and shit doesn't really shift. Right. Mm -hmm. Because you're just talking over all the things that have happened. You're re-triggering yourself. You're re-traumatizing yourself. And while I've had some excellent therapists, I've also had some that were pretty trash. And so it's like I can see where if that is your main frame of reference for like what healing looks like, because it is so much more mainstream than some of the things we talk about here, then you'd probably be like, damn, that makes me feel like I'm going to be doing this for life. But hearing you say that with the right container, with the right person and with the right mind frame around it, like it can be quick. That's like the biggest relief off of people's shoulders. Yeah. I mean, also I'm working with DMT. I'm working with naturally produced DMT. You know, so how many, how many of your listeners have had a a medicine journey where they've cleared massive, massive things Yeah, very quickly in like four or five hours, right? It's the same thing. Um, And even if you don't go into a breathwork container with me and you choose to do Reiki or Akashic healing, just the awareness and the quantum healing that takes place is enough to lighten your soul's like endeavors in this, go in this path forward, basically. Mm, I love it. So Mm -hmm. how can people, you already mentioned you do the one-on-one five-week container and you're opening this group um, in April. So how can people connect and get in with you? Um, yeah, so I'll, I'll give you some links to my, my sure. coursework. Basically, um, <laughs> I do retreats. I do quantum healing. I have an in-person in Philadelphia as well. If any of your listeners in, in the in Philadelphia area, they can mm-hmm. reach out to me. Um, I link up with Emily the Mystic. She's a local intuitive and Akashic guide. I lead the breath work for that. And then she leads a beautiful Akashic meditation. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's all, you know, just 
this beautiful sisterhood that we've created with all of our members who come to that. Um, the coursework that I do is called Anchoring into Your Highest Timeline. And this is so important because you hear a lot of you hear a lot of these buzzwords on, you know, in the spiritual community of like quantum leaping, mm-hmm. timeline shifting, your golden timeline, all of that. And I feel like the thing that is missing from that is the reprogramming. Um, I just don't believe that they get deep enough into the reprogramming to really anchor you in. So what I do is I start off with a breathwork session for that one. We really start to uncover a lot of your traumas and triggers. And then we go through the Akashic Records. We find out what your soul's purpose is in this lifetime. Um, we find out you know, what's blocking you, what, what contracts you have in place that need to be resolved. Um, we do a rebalancing of your entire um, chakra system through Reiki healing and you know, really balancing out those masculine and those feminine um, drivers of energy. So, you know, are you operating in the, in the masculine, your do, 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 or are you welcoming in the flow of being in the feminine and just being right? So like the more we can balance those, the more harmony we create in your body. And then we go back into your Akashic records and we do this beautiful healing meditation where we go into your heart's healing temple and we can bring anybody with us there. (laughs) A lot of the times people bring their parents (laughs) or a sibling that they're having trouble with and we bring their higher self. Um, and we do a lot of healing work on that level as well. And it's, it helps to heal. I mean, it sounds so woo-woo, but like when you bring your narcissistic mother into your healing temple and then the next interaction you have with her, she is pleasant and mm. not like she normally is. Like you can't help but think, wow, <laughs> her higher self has had a play in that. Um, so anyway, this five-week container I'm opening up in April um, at a founder's rate. So super low rate. Um, and then also I have this monthly breath work where the first Wednesday of every month, um, I lead a Zoom 90-minute transformational somatic breathwork healing. And I would love to invite all of your listeners to, to the whichever one that they align with, with when they're listening to this um, with a special code for that for free. So breathe life into me will be the code and I'll give you the link below. Perfect. So super simple. Well, that's amazing. Well, yes, I'll put all the links in the show notes. Thank you so much for that free code. I, you, I, you sent me the link before for this past week or this past month because it's February when we we're recording this, and I have not had time yet. So I will also use the code. So thank you so much. Um, is there anything else that you'd like to share that we haven't talked about? Um, I would just say that you know when you're choosing your modality for somatic healing, really make sure that you're working with someone who's trauma informed. You don't want to get into a situation where you're releasing a really deep trauma and the person who is with you holding that space for you doesn't know how to walk you back into your body and ground you into safety in those moments. Um, So making sure that you're working with somebody who's trauma-informed, making sure that you're working with somebody who's empathetic as well, um, who's not in this for the glory or the money or whatever it is. So use your intuition when you are dealing with finding your healer because I just, you know, my heart breaks for people who end up in a situation where they feel like, you know, there wasn't any empathy and what they were saying was not being received. And that's part of like, I think what makes a reflector really a unique healer is that I see, I I see your truth and whatever it is, it's judgment free. Like you Mm -hmm. could tell me the most crazy thing that people are judging you for. And I'm like, oh, that's your truth. Okay. Let's go with it. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so 
And then making sure that like also when you're choosing a healer that they are well-rounded in their modalities because oftentimes you do have to shift. Like I can't tell you the amount of times that I've been in the middle of a breath work and had to go right into Reiki, mm-hmm. you know? So if you don't have a repertoire of tools at your disposal and you find yourself in a situation where you're having a traumatic response and no one is able to, to walk you down from that, it can really turn you sour from doing the work. Mm-hmm. And it's such deep work. And as a collective, we really need to heal this in order to be better parents, be better citizens, be better in our community. And all of that's reciprocated back to us. As we raise our frequency, all of the things that we want to manifest come back to us at a higher and more rapid rate. Mm-hmm. I know you talked about business a little bit and how this can, how this type of work can um, really ignite your business. Um can I tell you a story about that? Of course. <laughs> okay. So I had um, a client go through my founder's um, class of anchoring into your highest timeline. And she was doing these contain- like these um, courses. She's releasing courses like like they're candy. Like every every couple of weeks she releases a new course. And they were all around, you know, like that baddie, baddie boss, like the CEO bad bitch, like <laughs> all yeah. of that. And she was like, I'm really having trouble calling in like this higher level of woman. All of the women are, you know, really wanting to make money, but like I'm having trouble breaking this glass ceiling that I seem to have created for myself of like really wealthy women coming into my sphere of influence. So we dropped into the Akashic Records and we asked what that was. And basically what she needed to know is that she she had a disconnect between this level, this creation of money and wealth. But then what do you do with it? What comes next? And I was like, the words that are coming through is literally like romanticizing the moments of your life that all of this wealth has brought you. She thought about it. She thought about it. A couple of days later, she released a program called Romanticizing Your Life. I kid you not, massive, massive launch. Just took her into the stratosphere for that. So (laughs) you can pivot. With the, with the things that come out of the work that you're doing internally. So maybe yeah. you're not like on the, maybe you're finding yourself pushing and pushing and pushing and something's just not working. Mm-hmm. It can be maybe a misalignment of what you think is your soul's purpose is more aligned with an ego desire than a soul's desire. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I'm like, oh shit. Now we just completely like turned into a whole other area of, of conversation too, which I love how this goes sometimes on the podcast, because I think that you're right. I think that sometimes we think even when we're doing the work that like, this is what we're supposed to be doing, but like the ego is so sneaky and (laughs) it can really get in there. It's like, I think I'm doing something for my highest self, but like there's a little ego in there. So that's amazing that what you're saying is within this work, you can not only shift things in your own body's healing, but also shift things within business. And I think that's just so essential for people who are out there in this solopreneur landscape that we've got Mm -hmm. going on right now um, to know about because it's hard and it's lonely and your shit comes up hard. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And the the areas where we have the most resistance, I guarantee you there's a trigger or a trauma or a program there. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Well, Tiffany, thank you so much for coming on the show and chatting with us. I'll put all of the links in the show notes below, but this has been amazing. Thank you, Leslie, for having me. I've enjoyed this so much and I can't wait to see 
like see you again. I follow you on the meet the socials and just so excited to keep following you in your work. Mm, me too. I hope you guys loved that conversation with Tiffany. I learned so much about somatic healing, and I know you did as well. If you want to follow her, I'll put all her links in the show notes below. And also, we have an amazing discount code from Tiffany for her upcoming group container anchoring into your highest timeline. Use the code Leslie, my name, for 10% off when you join. Her next cohort is in April and you'll get founding member prices. So hurry if that's something that feels aligned for you. I am also so excited to be offering cyclical microdosing consult calls. This is how you can easily work with me to get all your questions answered when it comes to microdosing and cyclical coaching. You can sign up for one of those calls in the show notes. Also, make sure you're following me on Instagram at Leslie Draffin and at the Light Within Podcast. Shoot me an email, hello at lesliedraffin.com, and I'd love to continue the conversation with you over there. Have yourself a great week, and remember, there's no light without darkness, but there's no darkness without light. I'll see you next time.